Perak Ravi, page Kuf Pei Tes. Maisim Kitanim. Small acts. So this, uh, this follows very well from last week. If you remember, we were talking about the Asaidais and Avodah Musaris and Perak Shlishi, which started on Kuf Pei Vav. We were talking about the... Uh, the, the, the two sides on the opposite end of the spectrum that are the pitfalls in, in Avodah Musaris, which are that if a person tries to take steps that are not in line with where he's holding, either because maybe they're too big or they're not in line with his personality, a person has to have a chachma amuka, a person has to understand, uh, you know, have a lot of self-knowledge where he's holding, what he's working on. Otherwise, it'll just be sort of like pushing down a spring until it goes back the other way. He'll end up rebelling against it. He'll do something, but it won't ever really become part of him. On the other side of that coin, which we're not going to be discussing now, we said that as a person does work on himself, so it ends up being... He ends, it ends, he ends up actually being able to incorporate it into who he is. It stops becoming an avoda, but then it ends up breeding intolerance for others because you become desensitized to the greatness that you've accomplished. And now it's like, well, what's the big deal? You end up, you end up developing gaiva. So now we can talk about maisim kitanim, uh, and we're getting close to, to the actual uh, vadim. But in any event, hineinu nigashim liyesod harishon shel avoda. We're coming to the yesod harishon of avoda. How are we going to avoid, overtake this Kayach Merida? How are we going to end up, uh, you know, pushing against the ceiling? How are we going to work on things that aren't a part of where, where we're at and not really come to rebel against it, not, not come to push back? Right, so Rabbi Seinu based Midrasha Shalman regarding Rav Yisrael Salant and Nishmas Oeden Limdu Osanu as Erecham Shal Maisim Ketanim. We're not really going to go deep, take a deep dive into any of these Mamari Chazal, other than to say that we are going to bring several statements that do show the focus on Maisim Ketanim. Hare Chazal Bira Milelo. They say clearly, number one, Havizar b'Mitzvah Kala kibachamura she'ena tayodea matan zcharan shal mitzvahs. Okay, aside from the reason, we, a person has to be just as careful with a mitzvah kala. Number two, v'haya ekev tishmon. Really, the Pasuk means ekev is because, but uh, in, in drush, zeu she'amar lama ira bimei ra. Why will I fear bimei ra? Avon akeva yisubeni. Because the uh, avon, iniquity of my heels, uh, encircle me, surround me. What's going on? Amar david ribayna yishal aylam. It's not what I'm scared of. These, those are very stringent. I stayed away. Or at least I would know what to do. You know what I'm scared of? I'm scared of the things that kind of slip under the rug. You know, they, they, they come along, not even noticed. They're light. Shema, I'm not even sure. Shema avarti aleim imnei shein kalos vata amarta havizar b'mitzvah kala k'bechamura. You said that we have to be just as careful with a mitzvah kala as a chamura, and I I, I might have I might have uh, gone over. And you're saying that it's you know it's equal in terms of watching out. Lekach nemer v'hayekev tishmon. 
Marav Tovcha Zeuscharon Shal Mitzvah Kalos. Third one, fourth one, Vayekev Tishmaon. Another another Medrash Rashi. In my Mitzvah Kalos Shadon Dosh Beakev of Tishmaon, that a person has to be careful about the things that, so to speak, get trampled on with the heels. V'Shamar Hashem Yishmar Lacha Av Tachaisav. Then Hakadosh Baruch Hu will keep his promises. Amar Rav Shem Ben Lakish Ma'idel Siv Avon Akeva Yisubeni Avon Shavonos Shadam Dosh Beakev Balam Hazem Asuben Lo Liyaim Hadin. Those sins that we're not even careful about. Those are the things that are there to greet us with Yom Adin. So we see Chazal focus in different ways on, so to speak, the light of Eris. Right? So there's a a lot of different directions we can go with that, but we're going to see what he says and maybe introduce a a thought that... uh, that I think complements it, and it's it's worth hearing from uh, from Rav Chaim Freelander. But Eilam Zeir, it's funny because the pieces happens to be in a safer on Shmos, and I was uh, I went to go for my daughter to get into school. I told you, but I mentioned a couple things. I went to go get my daughter into school this week, so I happened to have this Sifzechayim with me because I was looking at it, I was like preparing while I was like sitting there, and so he kept on like eyeing it because we're in the middle of like Sefer Bereshis and I have the Sefer on Shmos, and I like finally like tenth time I was like. It's not just a prop, like, it's not that I grabbed the wrong safer, like, I was just using it the first time. Anyways, it says, Ba'ilam Za'er, in the small world, or in the world of the small. Right? We're in the world of, of, I don't know exactly what he means by this, where, you know, of physical maisim, of subtlety, but whatever it is. We find ourselves in a place where there's and things. So in order of what we put up on a pedestal, we make a lot of the Oilam of Torah and Mitzvahs. But we already made this distinction between Limud Torah and Avodim Musaris. And it was a sharp distinction. We said even Limud Musar is not the same as Avodim Musaris in terms of Halolish Mabalish certain ways in terms of an approach. There's a chachma muka, there's a method to the madness. When we're talking about how to work on oneself, it's, 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 a, it's a chachma. Actually, the first page of the Sefer in the introduction, it's one of the things that he discusses uh, in, in terms of the, the idea about why he's coming to write the Sefer and the void that he's coming to fill in terms of this almost lost art of practical workshops that if a person's not interested in, they're not even, it, it's not even going to help them. And he, he mentions the difference between the first volume and the second volume that he writes it almost he says people were inspired uh, you know on their own to come and this is what we're writing it for it says we come to the oil of maisa not only not not only are small are small maisim important but we're going to see that avoda takes place specifically by small maisim the truth is this is the building of a person is like a giant the world, as great and big as it is, is really built up. I mean, if you talk about, like, I don't know, like quantum mechanics and this and that, you know, like what's real, what's really there. The world, as many things as we see, the true building blocks of the world are really very small, smaller than the eye can see. The gufenu morkov mitoyim asherak microscope. Oh, there he is. I think there's Mayor. Hey, Mayor. We're on page Kuf Pei Test, like five lines up from the bottom. 
or ten lines up from the bottom or so. So it says, and our bodies are 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 built up of. Hold on, microscope. What's the word microscope? Oh, there it is. Microscope. Mutama uh, rock microscope. elef If you listen to the first ten minutes later, that's about where we're at. By the way, so he says, our bodies, everything that we see, the world, we're used to looking at things in such a big impact, impactful way. We'll get along in, in a second around to avoda, but even in terms of what we see. We're wowed by it. The truth is that the building blocks of the world are really atoms, and even in terms of a of, of a person, we're made up of cells that are visible by the microscope. Those are the true building blocks of of life. Kain gam binyanei haruchni shel adam who murkav mimaisim shel adam dosh ba'akevav im l'tayvim lamutav. Avoda also, the world, as much as it builds and as much as it builds exponentially and as, as much as things have a big impact, the world is actually made, the building blocks of the world are things that are, that are not even visible to the eye. Just knowing this should really trigger a, a revolution or it should generate some sort of a, a reframe in your mind. A person, this is a little counterintuitive. A person wants to change the world, especially now, right? When you think about people that have huge impact on a communal level, so who has more impact? You say, you know, there are people that are there to help, I don't know, tutor people's kids or take care of the individual. But the people that are involved with Agudah, the people on the administration of Hatzalah, you know, the people that are doing big things, you, you don't even have time for both. You know, we, we just said actually the other day, we quoted from Chaim Shmuelevitz, it was in the context of a Gemara, we said that HaKadosh Baruch Hu raised Moshe up to, that, that, that he literally carried all of Klal Yisrael because he bent down to help out Tachas called Echad Ve'echad. I mentioned by Rav Nassim Svi also that, that, that as a person, the, the, to rise to Gedula is the person that's able to empathize with each individual that, that uh, Rav Aaron Lopiansky said that somebody asked him uh, in the context of the discussion was, he said that Rav Nassim Svi Finkel became a Rosh Shiva, one of the biggest issues, I mean, he grew the mirror to whatever it was. He said he had a thousand Chavrusas with like one-on-ones. Right, so, so he says we think it's counterintuitive. We think that in order to involve ourselves in great things, we have to have these big sweeping projects. Right, you like extend and embrace the entire world. Or you get involved in a global organization. And a person who wants to work on himself. If you want to work on yourself, also we. Think, think big, right? Think big. Yeah. So he says, A person that, that when we talk about Maisim Kitanim, that aren't Machbidim on a person, they, they, they're not hard. Yeah, Kavod is honor, because Kavod is heavy. Yikar in, uh, is, is honor, but, but it's heavy, it's precious. Things that aren't a big deal, right, we, and there is a makom for Mesir Snefesh, but that's not the point of our chapter. We think that things that aren't hard are not worthwhile. So when we try to think, how are we going to change, we think about things that have big impact, and part of the way we think about that is how difficult they are. What's going to come from something that's not even that hard? Ulam ha'emes kachhi the person, the same way that the, the biggest skyscraper in the world is made of small little atoms that are microscopic, in the same way that a person is made of cells, ultimately, Avoda, everything has small blocks. That, and that's, that's really where we have to, that's where it has to be addressed from. Similar to what we said before, you have to address it from within. You know, there's a, 
I don't know if I was I was saw like a trailer. I was maybe it was on a plane or something. I haven't seen like movies in a really long time. But I, there, there was this maybe it was on a plane or something. I saw part of it. But there was this movie called Inception. You, you know, you know. Remember? I yeah, I don't even know when it, it was. I saw like two of those. Anyway, the, but the 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 the, okay. the the point of it was they were trying to impact somebody's hanhaga, somebody's personality. I, I don't remember really well. Just the the, the point. You know, they, they wanted him to to save somebody's life, to kill somebody, whatever it was. So it was science fiction, and the idea was that in order to get somebody to do something, you they, they wouldn't try to influence his actions. They would try to plant a seed in their dream. And this, they were going to have somebody fall inside their own dream. They would fall asleep and they would do it like a dream inside of a dream. But whatever it was, the point is, is that if they really wanted to get somebody to adopt a behavior, it couldn't be to convince them from the outside. The only way to really do it is to do it from within, mm. right? So he says over here also, if you truly want to change yourself, you can't, you can't manhandle it from the outside. It's not a matter of trying to force somebody into a box that they don't really fit. What you have to do is you have to address it almost like theoretically at the atomic level. When you go and you don't, you, you, you don't do it in an abrasive way, you do it in line with where the person is holding, but this is going to be great. And you know how to get there? You get there through Maisim Kutanim. You fly under the radar. It's like not a big deal. Little by little, you just sort of like guide a person with something that's not even hard, something that you can't even reject. You think that it's not a big deal because it's not hard. So it's not doing anything. It's the opposite. The things that are hard were never really going to become part of you. In order to become part of your natural behavior, it has to be something that Badafka is sort of like in line with the momentum. Right, grasshopper? Right? It's, it's something that's in line. <laughs> Let's look at medicine. If you look at the betrufa, if you look at the active ingredients in medication, achas uh, one, he's the irad ma'od. It's very small, ulai milligram, maybe even milligrams. And if you would have larger than that amount, it wouldn't even cure him, it would actually harm him. So it might even kill him. If the person's medication is off, Right, you could have certain toxins that are mamish toxic to the body, but obviously I had to look that word up. You take something that could otherwise be toxic to the body, and if it's in the correct amount, it could heal a person. So you see. The bo- even in a physical way, that the body could be so sensitive to something on a chemical level that something that, that, that could either heal or kill based on the tiniest little amount. And that's the same way with Midos. Does anybody scorn the way of small beginnings? It's the way Safari translates it, right? Does anybody look down at small things? Hashem's eyes are, are floated. He's looking at the world. Any small thing in Ruchnius, which, by the way, in principle makes sense because as far as HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is infinite. You know, there's no real difference between infinity minus one and infinity minus a million. I'm saying as far as we're concerned, everything is a small act. HaKadosh Baruch wants us to be moving in the right direction. It's not like we're, that, that we're imp- impacting Hashem. The question is, how do we get closer to HaKadosh Baruch in a way that's effective for us? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu values small actions. And therefore, we also have to value small acts.
So before we go to the next part, and then there you go, it's not, not a long piece this week. I'm just going to share with you a, a little thought. It'll be a little bit of a roundabout, but, but just the idea of Meissen Ketanim, uh, about establishing Madregas Adam. So the, he, he, he says, the, the Mechaber, the Will and Ali Shor, talks about the impact of Meissen Ketanim, and Meissen Ketanim Dafka as being the Makom, as being the Makom for Avoda, and just how sensitive things are in their own right, that it's just a point of Nakuda, of Nakuda for reflection. So the, uh, Rav Chaim Friedlander talks about in the first piece in the Sefer on Shmos, he, he says, in general, we look maybe at others, maybe even at ourselves, and we think that we can evaluate where a person is holding. But the problem is, is that we don't really see the difference between chitzonius and pnimius. And chitzonius, things that are outer actions, are not the measure of where a person's holding, and it's not the measure of where his godless is. And the reason is because external actions, anything that's responsive, anything that's responsive to something outside of you, whether it's for honor, whether it's for knowledge, whether it's because you enjoy something, whatever it is, anything that's triggered by something, anything that's triggered by something external, is not something that's self-generated. It could be that your head is in the right place. Again, it's better for you to be doing something positive than negative. But if you're looking for something that's part of your personality, it's part of your unhugger, you're doing it because that's where you're truly holding, then it's not going to be in response to something else. And therefore, he says that, uh, that uh, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is ultimately going to give gedula to somebody, uh, he brings the Maimah Chazal from Medrash and Shmos, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows where a person is holding, a person might end up being able, if you put him into, you know, into deep waters, he'll swim. He might be able up to the task. He might have the managerial abilities. But if you want to know who it is that you're giving gadula to, whether they're right for the gadula, you have to know where they're holding. If you want to know where a person is truly holding, it has to be in Meissen Ketanim. It has to be in those things that are so subtle that they're not even in response to something else. And we'll see not even external factors. You'll see what I mean in a second. Not even not even internal factors. And he brings that at the, at the beginning of Moshe and David's career, David HaMelech, when he was a shepherd, he used to literally like put the sheep in order that the, young, that the, that the older sheep would eat, uh, the younger sheep would eat one was very soft and the older sheep would eat here and the medium sheep in order to eat the grass when they would have the right grass for them. And Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was chasing the sheep, Tamara Samach Pela, would, uh, he, he, he realized that this little sheep, I mentioned yesterday, this little sheep went and started drinking from, the, from some stream of water and he said, oh, I didn't realize that the reason that the sheep ran away was going to the burning bush. I didn't realize that the sheep was thirsty. Now that it was thirsty, so he picked it up. This was not something nobody saw it. Nobody appreciated it. And even if somebody did see it or appreciate it, they would probably think that it was over the top or crazy. It wasn't something that generated any sort of, any sort of note, any sort of covet, any sort of notoriety. And it was in private. And the altar of Kelm asks, Maishra Rabbeinu was a tremendously Maishra Nefesh. Moshe Rabbeinu went out to go help the people when they were fighting. He killed the Mitzri. He did stuff by the daughters of Yisro. Why does the Medrash say that until a person is about a cotton? And the Medrash says, What's the test? What's the answer test for what's going to happen? With small things, with the shepherd, Badak David, and he tells that story, and Moshe also. So, meanwhile, Moshe Rabbeinu, at the beginning of his career, the Pesukim themselves, 
himself are omid on this, that he went and he was moisture nefesh, even in small ways, he was nicer ol bechavero, things that are very nice, and that there's a lot to say about, and yet the way that the Medrash frames it is that the bechina, the test, on whether or not he was going to be right for leadership, is this, is this small thing about where he carried a sheep because he realized that this small little sheep, uh, that, that this small little sheep was thirsty. And he, he says, in this language, he says, uh, that it's bedafka the maisim ketanim and get this even he says not just maisim gedolim that other people see I mentioned yesterday he says even internal maisim ketanim in other words a, a person the example he gave let's say you know that a person's having a hard time making a wedding so you take you know money from your bank account I literally know somebody somebody else told me the story he was single at the time he got married when he was in his mid 30s he works for a bank also and he knew that somebody was having a hard time for his mortgage he literally broke open his 401k that would have been subject to penalties and he gave this guy money to pay for his mortgage but he felt like a million dollars that's also responsive he, he brings that, that, that Rishol Salantar's Talmidim came over to him and said that they knew this person that was one of the hidden Lamed Vav Tzadikim and they said maybe we should publicize it and Rabbi Yisrael Salantar said you don't know maybe he's a Lamed Vav Tzadik and maybe what motivates him is feeling like he's doing something hidden it could be that if you publicize where he is he's totally going to drop off the radar, radar because his, what, what motivates him personally the idea of being able to do something on the down low he's going to lose that aspect and he's not going to be as motivated maybe he's not really holding there let him do his thing quietly that's his area of avoda that's his godless for now and it's not for us to judge but even that is not considered maizim katanim even that is responsive to an internal feeling of I did something good. The, the, that's why Revolva says that mice and katana can't even be things that are hard. The, 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 the true litmus test of where a person is holding is what his hanhaga is, almost like agav. It's, it's while you're doing something, I, like why would I pass by and not pick the tissue up? Why would I, you know, if I'm in shul and somebody else left the sitter on the table, why would I not, why would I not put it back? Right, it, things that almost become part of your personality that you don't even, yeah, that well, that exactly that's what you're moving towards. Things that you're not even looking at, things that you're not looking at as navoda. Last two points, then we'll go back, and then the rest of the chapter kind of goes quick. But this is I heard this from Berkowitz actually a long time ago. But this is where he got it from. He got it from Mechta Melio. I was just it's, it's an amazing, amazing hair. Desler brings a Gemara navoda zara, and he, the, the Gemara says like this: Kishachaler Rabbi ben Kisma. Halach Reb Chanina ben Tradyoyin Levakro. So Reb Yosef ben Kisman was sick, and Reb Chanina ben Tradyoyin. We're talking about that. Sorry, Reb Yamalchus. We're talking about tremendous individuals. Amr lo Chananya Achi Iata Yodeya Sha Umazu Min Hashemayim Lichur Shachrivas Beisov Sarvas Echalu. He says we see that the people in power they they they're they're tremendously uh, you know destructive. Vahargas Chasida Vaavdas Tova Vadaini Kayemes. And I heard that you're teaching Torah in public, right? And he says, there's a gzeir in place that you're not allowed to teach Torah in public. What are you doing? You're not, that's not Yarek Vel Yavar. How are you going and teaching Torah in public at the, at the, at the threat of life? So Amr Lo Mirachmu. So Rav Chanin Matan said back, he says, I'm doing what I can do. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like, almost like Shem Rapsam Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should have mercy. Amr Lo, I'm telling you something that's rational. This is a big thing also. Like, you know, you can tell from the question, learn something from the question also. He says, 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you something that's rational. And you're, I'm telling you that it's not there's a Xer in place, you're putting yourself and other people's lives at risk, and God will take care of me. I'm telling you something that's rational. Give me a rational response. And you're telling me God will take care of me? I don't know whether you and your Tyra will get burnt in fire. So he says, okay, Rebbe, am I going to be Zoichet Oilam Haba? Obviously, his Rebbe doesn't know, but he, he, he speaks that over here. But he says, according to his Das, we're talking about somebody who was teaching Torah in public, the threat of death when like the Romans or whoever it was was out there. And he says, am I going to get Oilam Haba? Amrlo, so Rabbi ben Kisma, who, by the way, was the one from, from the Bryce at the end of Avos, where it says that Rabbi ben Kisma met somebody who said, I'm going to give you all the gold and silver in the world if you just come and move to our community. And he said, no, I don't want to move to your community. I want to, uh, I want to it's not worth it for me to, all the money and jewels in the world, they're not worth it for me to move away from Tamid Chachamim. So this is, this is who's responding. So you'll hear, Amrlo, klum maisa biyadecha. He said, have you done anything worthwhile? Is, do you have any money? Him in your hand that would justify you being a ben Oilam Haba. He's teaching Torah in public, right? I had money in my pocket, money in my one pocket was mine, the money in my other pocket was Tzedakah money for Aniyim. And he's reflecting back. And he said, There was one time that I mixed up the money, and instead of trying to be Myra Heter to keep the money, I gave it all to Tzedakah. Okay? Amar Lo, Im Kane. If, the, if you're the type of person that was mevater on your money for the few coins, halavai, this is a person, Rabbi Yosef ben Kisma, who, gave up, who was willing to give up all the money and jewels in the world to, not, to, go, to live by Chachamim, talking to somebody who was willing to give up his life to, at the threat, to teach Torah in public, says, based on the fact that when you mixed up a few dollars, you were willing to give both money to Tzedakah, mm-hmm. and halavai, that my chalak should be with yours. Okay, says the Rambam in Perish Mishnayis and Makais. Says the Rambam, may Ikre, if, if this is this is worth remembering, so I just want to stick it in. He says, May Ikre Muna Betoraki Kishakaim on the mitzvah mitariak mitzvahs karayo hugan loyishatefima kavana me kavana saolum bashum ponim. When you have zero other considerations. Only that you should do the mitzvah l'shma and uh, out of Ava for Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you become a ben Olam haba, and therefore Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us all these mitzvahs. At some point, you'll find one mitzvah, one time in your life that you're going to do with no consideration, not for any other reason. I, I asked Rabbi Milstein who the story was with. I can never remember if it was with the Rosh Hashiva of the Mir, or it might have been even from Revolbi, or it could have been the Mashkiach. I don't remember who it was. Where he said that there was one time that it was like Bein Azmanim, and there was a Bachar who was weak and he wasn't learning well and he needed money for driving lessons. Uh, you remember what I And he said that, that, that whoever it was, he said that he gave money out of his own personal pocket for this kid to get driving lessons. And we're talking about whoever it was was a Rosh Hashiva of something. And he said it could be, he's reflecting back at the end of his life, he said it could be that that's going to be the mitzvah that gets me into Eilam Haba. It wasn't anything tyrodic, it wasn't anything related, it wasn't the kid that was doing well, it wasn't anything. It was something that there was nothing else at the time associated with other than that he wanted to like, help this kid out. Says the Rambam, you know what your ticket to Eilam Haba is? You need to do a mitzvah that's totally lishma with no other considerations. And if you can figure that out, that becomes your ticket. 
but that means that, that that's the whole Vard Maisim Katanim. It's not, not only for covet, it's not even for something internal. There's zero other, there's zero other considerations. Those Maisim Katanim end up being your godless. The things that aren't hard that you don't even feel good about. The, the things that, that literally become, they weave themselves into what your personality is, not, 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 into, not into what you're doing, but in something that just like, it's kind of like who you are. It wasn't hard. It wasn't really a mysterious nefesh, and it just becomes incorporated into you. So back into, into Revolbi, he says, these are the Maisim Kitanim that, that ultimately are the, are, are the seeds for growth and the, the building blocks of growth. That, yeah, and he says, that alone is unbelievable. That that, that that understanding where your ticket to Olam Haba is, right? Am I a Ben Olam Haba? Yeah, not because you're teaching in Torah in public and threat of death and not because you're willing to give up all the money in the world that you'll feel great about, mm-hmm. but because you gave the extra 50 cents to Tzedakah when you weren't sure where it went and nobody knew about it and nobody cared. He says that, the, he points out, Chaim Friedlander points out that it wasn't until he reflected back on it that he came up with this idea at the time. It was just sort of matter of fact, right? Says the Rambam, it's Dafka the Maisim Katan. That's unbelievable in its own right. However, there's something else that's also, if that wasn't enough, you have to know, you know why growth is in Maisim Katanim, besides for the fact that it has to be, besides for the fact that that's really where you're going to change, it's because in terms of Avodah Musarius, when you're trying to change, not only is that where growth is because that's where it is, but it's because you can't make, you, you wouldn't be able to change based on big acts anyway. Anything else your personality is going to push back against, like we saw yesterday. If you're trying to do something that doesn't really fit, it could be, again, there's a makam for Mesir Snafesh, but if you're trying to do something that's not in line with kind of who you are, you're going to be pushing that spring down and it's not going to, it's not going to weave its way into who you are. It's not going to become integrated. If you take on something that's sort of like, you know, it's abrasive, it rubs you the wrong way, it's hard, and it doesn't seem to be getting Easier, the rabos yamahu yargish hetev is kor hamarida. At some point, you're gonna you're gonna come to resent it, right? So if you if you're doing something, and especially after time, you realize that it's kind of you know maybe initially you were excited about it, you were doing it, and instead of kind of becoming regular, you find that it's kind of becoming annoying. But you're gonna stick with it. There's a makom to do certain types of avoda, but that's not avoda musaris. That's not the type of thing that's going to change you. It's just a matter of time because it's it's staying external to you. It's going to become stronger. Something that's mamish a, 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 a thing. If if when you go to shul, you you put that second sitter away, whatever it is, you you start you know you knock twice before you walk in the door. I don't know what it is that you do, right? Right. But one of these small things, it shouldn't, ideally, it's not even something that you're going to push back against, right? You, you plant these little seeds of something that, 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 that you're going to be able to internalize that won't stay external to you. There's nothing for your body to reject. They're habitual, they're habits. Yeah, well, not, not, not even so much, so much like a habit. It just becomes part of the habits also. But I mean, listen, nobody is, is a blank slate. I mean, you know, there's a fine line between habits and just like your general hanhaga. Right, it becomes like we said earlier. It moves from the from the from the mayach into the lave. So he says, "V'yeshli alzat," which is a chapter in its own. Go listen. "V'yeshli alzat tzir mufshi." I have a good example. Achar melchemes yom kippurim, nineteen seventy three ish. Tasati lemitzrayim. I flew to 
Mitzrayim. So that's what he was doing. We got over the border. It got very low. It was really low. That something in the movement in the motor was messed up. So I asked what happened to the plane. Because now we're in the radar of the Mitzrayim. And it's, uh, why, why, should we, why should we become a blip on their screen that they should know that a Jewish plane is flying through their air? So it went very low. Because the radar only picks up things that are higher than it. It's not going to recognize the plane. Our rebellious koyach to push back against things that are kind of like that we're pushing on ourselves. It's similar to this idea of radar. It'll be more effective to fly under the radar. And again, if, if you're not sure about something, then at some point, you know, if, you, if you're coming to resent it, if it ends up being, oh, I have to do this again, then that's, it's, it's not that it's a bad thing, but it's not avodah musaris. The site of avodah musaris is maizim katanam. rishon You think that you're going to do one up, you're going to do better. It's, it's counterintuitive and it's hard to do. Yeah, listen, he says, My, You know, Avoda Musaris takes place in something that's not hard. It might, it might be something that's a new, you know, you have to work it into your schedule. If it's something that's difficult, then that's not with it. There's a makum for it, maybe, but that, there's no makum for it here. You're going to see that all of the practical advice that we're going to be laying out in the following chapters, they're going to be in the Maisim Ketanim. And this is where we said that, well, we'll see in a second. That every person has to be his own judge. Is it hard for me? And if it's hard for you, if it's annoying, if you're resenting whatever you're working on, let it go. How could something so small be working on myself? It's gonna, a month is going to pass by. becomes routine. It becomes habit, like you said. So originally, at least it, it wasn't hard, but at least I, I realized I had to do something. Now it's become habit. And now I'm supposed to feel good about my growth. It wasn't hard to begin with. And now it's just because sort of became habit. Who cares? It's, like, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. What's your objective? From kite. If you want to become a frumer person, a frumkite, uh, we had the whole chapter. If you're looking to add a frumkite, you're right. What we're talking about is not going to get you towards this, uh, t- towards this, uh, you know, this flashy appeal of being the frumest guy around, of feeling good about your about your frumness, which we said was I don't know, like borderline of Odezara, right? Listen, it's a better, it's a better uh, hobby to have than something else, but ultimately it's a hobby. 
Yeah, so he says, Ach ein penenu. Nowadays, especially, you know, Amol, I guess when people, you know, in certain times in history, when people like spit on anybody learning in yeshiva, at this point, Baruch Hashem, right? A lot of social circles, right? Like, you know, the cool guy, you know, be more yeshivish if you're, I don't know, like a Harry, whatever, you know, like I'm saying, whatever you're holding, like to add a frumkai, to, to be taking on chumras, you know, wherever you're holding. So he says, if that's your goal in life, then that's not compatible with what we're talking about in Enochanami. It's not going to get you there. Ach ein penenu. That's not what we're looking towards. That's, that our, our, we're not set up and prepared to be adding these types of things. First of all, to understand midais, and to acquire them. Our goal is to integrate things into our personality, to make them second nature, to make them first nature. That, not just to keep it as a habit. It's to turn it into our nature. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we're dealing with Varm Katanam, Aval Gamat Varm Katanam Nuchal Islamid, Yaisar Vyaisar Beimke Amida Shabanu Oskim. Even Varm Katanam also take apprenticeship. They also take becoming habitual to. And that's what the following chapters are going to become. And that's why he said earlier that the, the safer is not for the, uh, the lighthearted. Some people look at the safer as being easier than the first chalak or the author of Musa's farm and some people look at it as being harder because unless you understand what you're trying to do at this point the first listen we spoke out a lot of maybe even too much sometimes a lot of intellectual nice hashkafic ideas that some of which were really awesome and mind-blowing in the last 60 shiram or so, uh, which are worth going back to. But as we go forward into the Avodah Musaris, there will probably be somewhat less of that because we are going to be moving towards understanding how to actually work on individual midos in terms of the ones he brings, and I guess using the system towards anything that a person is working on, and it becomes, it becomes very practical. And So he says that you, know, you have to understand what you're doing with, and that's going to be in Maizim Kitab. Even with my Tanam, it takes an apprenticeship. The next chapter is titled Hislamdus, like apprenticeship, getting used to things. So we'll deal more with the idea of Hislamdus, uh, what that means next time. So now we have, well, we kind of like skipped over something. So now we're saying that you have this rebellious nature. You push back on doing positive things. How do I uproot that for myself? If you're telling me that the only way to work on myself is to, is to not do anything that's going to trigger that, to fly under the radar, how am I ever going to work on that aspect of my personality that tends to push back? When you become actually invested in Avodah, you know what's going to happen? You know, this happens with... Uh, you know, in yeshiva also, sometimes, you know, now yeshivas will slow down. They'll do just like very little graph. Sometimes when you feel accomplished, you feel like you're working on something, you become invested in something. That's when all of a sudden you start to feel accomplished. You, you, you start to develop an ava for it. All of a sudden that, become, that becomes part of your goals, you know, little by little. And therefore, kashir tisur beleva ava tikuno. You know what the actual tikkun, the actual tikkun for rebelliousness is? Really, the, the the best defense is a good offense in this case, right? When you ha- develop an ava towards avoda, so then it's not going to become against who you are. The reason that there's a koach hamarida is because your sense of self is pushing back against something. Once your sense of self comes to identify with positive things, then the koach hamarida will mela drop away. 
Yeah. So he says, I just want to, just in line with what we're talking about, just to mention on page 10, uh, the second page of the introduction, he, he really spells this out in the second to last paragraph. He says, The Sefer ultimately is coming to be a guide. And he says, A person who's approaching the Sefer as something to learn information. Either you're not going to appreciate what we're trying to say, or you're going to develop his ramshus meuvases. You're going to develop a warped impression of what we're trying to say. You turn that light on. Um, and uh, and you're going to get to the vadim, and you say dvarim pshutim katnos. You're going to say that there's nothing. There's nothing really that the sefer is offering. It seems to be just like these superficial types of things. And if it's musr, it's not even worth it. And he said that that's not, you know if if it's if you're very sharp, you're just going to take the entire thing and throw it away. And he actually quotes uh, quotes a sentence from the Rambam in the Hakdam of Moranavuchim, where he says you know everything that somebody writes, the Tanya says something also almost like similar in, in a letter that became the introduction to it also. He says, whatever a person writes is really perceived through the reader. So if you're reading it with something in mind, then what's going to end up happening is that you're going to read into the writer's intent with however you perceive it. So if you're sitting there and reading it with your own notions, you're going to end up plugging your thoughts into my words. And he says, I'll t- the Rambam says, I'll tell you what, either you're going to get something out of it or you won't. If you get something out of it, Baruch Hashem, and if you don't get something out of it, instead of trying to like, you know, paint it into like negative terms, just put the Sefer down, pretend you never picked it up, and Shalom Al Yisrael. So he says also, like, you know, the same type of thing over here, if you're going to get something out of the Sefer, you have to understand how you're approaching it, and if you're not approaching it right, then you're not going to get anything out of it. And now we're going to be going forward after Islam does into the Vad, uh, the way that a vad is framed is like this. Now, this is uh, kind of hard, right? So, at the time, I mean, we're together. We'll have to see whether and to what degree, if at all, we're able to really implement, you know, any sort of thing, whether together or on an individual level, or certainly if a person is listening to the recording to do it with their own selves, almost literally get a pad to be able to fully benefit. This is where I guess the, the shiurim will either be some mildly interesting, they'll kind of drop off the radar, become substantially less interesting, although the first like 60 are still worth it, or that it's going to become amazing. Right. In other words, th- th- this is sort of what what he's been building up to, and this is just a matter of where a person's invested and how they do it. But even though I don't know that this format uh, lends itself to actually following this, not really in the yeshiva setting, and not necessarily people that people know, but we we will see the way, at least in principle, the way that um, we have to understand that he's that he's trying to present it. People that want, they're not being imposed upon, are getting together, who have good relations between them. After a period of time, they'll actually develop into good friends. Then they become the components of the Vad. It shouldn't be too many people. It should be between 4 and 15. Get together once a week. That part we could do. And they should get together. And before the Vad, before actually getting into the personal stuff, there sh- it should be based on some sort of a Limud. That we could do too. But it should be based on some sort of a, a, com- a, a common Limud. Use the more contemporary Bali Musr. So it's not necessarily in terms 
terms of learning the more lofty things, the more principled, the more shkafic things, take a more contemporary sefer that deals in a practical way with the things that people are working on. It could be on a rotating schedule. We'll see in a second what he's referring to, but that somebody should be sort of like on duty. And in a personal way to kind of follow up on people, because we'll see, it's going to be talking about certain hanhagas, certain things that people are working on to follow up and sort of like have some degree of accountability. If there's no accountability, then it's just a nice thing you don't think about till next week. But there has to be, again, Ideally, we're talking about how he's talking about it, but even in a personal way. You have a phone, you have a pad, you have a this, make a check mark, I'm gonna do this once a day, how did it go, great, you know, one, one is bad, two is okay, three is good, whatever it is, but develop some sort of a system of accountability throughout the week to keep fresh the ideas that ultimately we will be working on. And then, that's the revolving chairman. Ultimately, there is gonna be one person coordinating the situation. And ultimately, again, without getting too personal, but, but he should know where the people are holding. Why? Because because the whole idea is to work with the self. Again, we're really going to be going through it. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll have to adapt. But we're really going to be going through the material, but it's on us to figure out what, what to do about it. But in principle... We shouldn't be moving on when involved in practical growth. There's no point to moving on if, if, if it has to be calibrated. So if people are doing well with it, then maybe they should be doing it for another week. If they're not doing well with it, then either the bar has to be adjusted or in order to bring it down or it needs more weeks of time to progress. So therefore, the person who's coordinating the VAD and coordinating you know, what material to work on has to be in line with where the general people are holding. What do they have to let it go? Be if it's difficult, switch it. Don't get, don't be married to it. Make it easier. The point is actual is to gain traction. The klal is again. It shouldn't be hard. It should be so consistent, conscious. But it shouldn't be something that's going. This is not a mysterious nefesh who can, who, you know, who can uh, go nuts and push back against their nature. That's not the point of the. Now again, whether there's a makom for it or not, but it's not the point of, of what we're trying to accomplish with these. And if they seem to be going well and it starts to become habitual, you don't have to think about it too much anymore. Right? You work on. I don't know. Saying hello to somebody. I'm going to say. You know, people get into a habit. You know, if you ever go to the office on Monday morning, almost. Just pay attention. Almost universally, the weekend wasn't long enough. How's it? It's Monday, right? Like you say, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna get into a habit that the, I'm gonna. The first, from nine to eleven o'clock in the morning on Monday morning, when people talk to me, I'm just gonna say it was fantastic. You're just you're just gonna say it. You're gonna mean it. You're not gonna mean it. And all of a sudden, five six weeks pass by, and that's just what you do, right? It, it just becomes what you do. So he says, "There's a book. It's a good book called." Complaint free world. Complaint free world. Yeah. It's great, uh, by the, the way. Purple, uh, yeah, the purple book. Yeah, it's like ten bucks on Amazon. You should buy it. All right, anyway, so it says. <laughs> 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 Why? Because it's 
I get, I get a kickback for every copy. No, I'm just kidding. So he says... The purple you gave me, the purple brief? Yeah. So he says, then you know you're able to go on. So he says, you could take off weeks. One week could be a follow-up with whoever your contemporary is that's following up. And then you can get together in the broader group with the Rosh Shavad every other week. Again, this is not what we are going to be doing, but implemented in a personal way. It could take six months to work on any of these things. This is before cell phones. If a person, if you're not in yeshiva, so people, you're not going to bump into people every day. Then there's no, uh, it doesn't have to be like set up in this type of a, in this type of a way. So then you just do it when you get together. Again, whatever it is, adapt, adapt to what works. So you do what you can. So again, in our own terms, but literally, it's going to be like either taking a pad, accountability, self-accountability, picking a listen to this year, picking one person to work on it with, but something in terms of follow-up and practical follow-up and, and seeing the types of things that you can work on, which hopefully will become clearer. Next week, we do Hislamdus, which says what's the method of actually training and becoming used to things that based on the amount of pages that might take two weeks. And then we move into the actual, uh, the, the actual Vadim, which are, wow. yeah, Chesed, anger and patience, covered, Hakpada, Taiva, Das, Zrizus, Malshava, Zbonus, Akar Satov, Amuna, Gaiva, Brachsnan, and Seder, Simcha, Shabbos and Kriyashma type things. So this becomes the actual, this is really almost where we were going to start when we started. Yeah, so it's been, a, it's been like a, it's been like a 70 week road, more, 75 week road. Okay, Shkayach. Shkayach.